Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I appreciate you so much. We've got a fun, exciting show for you today. We're going to talk about your creativity and the impact that you make in the world. I've got three really amazing guests to bring to you today. And I just really want to encourage you that you can and do make a difference in this world. That by creatively being you, by being focused on the impact that you can make and then doing the things that only you can do, you make such an enormously huge, massive impact on the world. Your creativity, your uniqueness that is you shines through. And before you know it, people around you are finding themselves changed. And the ripple effect of that that's what's really cool, is because the ripple effect of that stretches out into and beyond where you could ever imagine, out into places that you'll never physically go, but the who you are, the creativity that you birthed into the world, it spreads out. It makes an ongoing and dramatic impact to the people in your life, yes, but also all around the world. And that is so amazing and so powerful. I love seeing how different people take the gifts that they have and then they use them to not just simply, um, you know, make themselves rich or make themselves money, but to also along with that help people up their own game, make a bigger impact in what they do in the world, be the best version of themselves. You can do that too. And I've got these guests here to you, for you today to be able to help you really see ways that you can up level. You can go to another level in being a thriving entrepreneur as you make a creative impact on the world today. We're going to take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about consciousness and the things that your company that possibly works even for people in the spiritual realm, what they can do to make the impact as your creativity comes into the world and you consciously make the difference that only you can make. Join me in welcoming Charlie Hartwell. Hey, Charlie, how are you doing today? Good, Steve. How about you? 
I'm doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you show up in this world. Yeah, so everything having to do with my background seems to revolve around growth, innovation, authentic leadership, uh, and change. I have professionally, I've worked in around 14 different industries. Um, I'm a Harvard Business School graduate. I've, you know, worked in the corporate world. I've worked in the startup world. I've worked in nonprofits, for-profits, domestically, internationally. Uh, I love to be part of building global movements uh, and the work at Bridge Builders Collaborative, which is what I'm currently doing, investing in startups and the space of sort of um, consciousness, spirituality, and mental health uh, is the latest thing that I'm involved with. That's awesome. So, um, and I love the name Bridge Builders Collaborative. That's a great name. I love it. Um, mm. So tell us a little bit about what you're looking for when you find or a startup comes to you that makes them appealing to you. Uh, good question. Uh, the first thing we look at uh, is if we invest in this company, what can we imagine will be the positive impact on the world that will be made because we invest in it? The second thing we look at is who is the CEO, the entrepreneur, and uh, would we have fun working with this person? And is this person, uh, is she or he collaborative, um, passionate? Uh, would we, would, can we see ourselves actively supporting this person for, you know, for years because we are not a short-term investor, we're long-term investors? Next thing we look at is whether there's any good science behind the product or service, uh, and what if, if not, what holes need to be filled. Then we look at what's the business model uh, around this, and how uh, you know how can the uh, product or service or uh, solution, you know, how can it scale? Um, what's the moat that can be built around it that protects it um, and gives it a competitive advantage? And then, uh, you know, finally, we look at what, what do we think the return on investment could be. Perfect. So I know you mentioned a couple of times mindfulness, consciousness, those kind of things. What are the kind of projects that kind of get your attention, you know, the kind of things that you find being good contributions in the world? Well, so we've had kind of two chapters. Uh, we're beginning our second chapter as investors. We we were some of the, we're probably the first investor that focused solely on what we used to call mind training. Uh, so we invested in companies like Headspace, a uh, company called Happify, company called Muse, uh, Insight Timer. Um, so if you look at the platforms, um, you know, that we invested in, I could probably point to about 100 million people that are meditating that, that weren't meditating or practicing mindfulness uh, eight or nine years ago on our platforms. And so those, plat those types of platforms and, and digital therapeutics uh, are another, another asset uh, or another type of company that we invested in. Those, those are going to scale. And um, so now what we're looking at is to actually go deeper um, deeper in helping people to connect more authentically to themselves, to uncover their own true nature, deeper into mental health and finding the uh, stories or the trauma behind why people are suffering, offering invitations to trans, you know, sort of transform that trauma and you know, lead with greater purpose. You know, because We've all seen those people who have really great resumes, right? <laughs> um, what, I mean, is it more intuitive for you at this point? Or are there like kind of specific things that you like to see them having done in the world before you select them? Uh, I think the first thing we actually look at is... Um, are they themselves integrated? Have they done their own personal work? Uh, are they, you know, have they practiced for a long period of time? You know, the, the, in, in our space, you know, a lot of people start companies because of personal experience. And so the first thing is, you know, how, 
how deep have they gone into themselves? How integrated are they? How collaborative are they? Um, the second thing we look for is what, what type of a leader are they? Um, can we imagine them assembling a team uh, of people and being able to sort of steward, you know, a really strong team to be able to accomplish, you know, a remarkable mission? Uh, we look for, uh, yes, we look for experience, but that's not, it's, it's not always, um, you know, the key. I think we, we try, we try to understand whether they know the distribution system that they're going to be selling into, uh, and whether or not they're well networked and know how, uh, you know, how to operate in those spaces. And then we look for what is, you know, what is their personal mission? What, you know, where do they want the company to, to be in five or six years? Now, in the information that God said to me on your speaker one sheet, um, you mentioned a couple of really interesting projects you've worked on. And I don't know if this is company part one or company part two stuff, so you can tell me. But um, a nonprofit in the slums of Kenya um, can you tell me a little bit about what that project was doing? Yeah, so that's a company that I started actually uh, in 1986. Uh, I was working as a social worker uh, in the uh, in Nairobi as part of a experience that I had going around the world and working kind of in in remote places. Uh, I did not like social work. I learned that pretty quickly. I wasn't very good at it, and at the same time, I really wanted to create change. Uh, in these poverty-stricken areas. And the best way I could think of doing that was to actually start an organization. Um, I started an organization with a, with a friend of mine from the U.S. and a guy that I had known in Kenya. Uh, it was called Provide International. It still is called Provide International. Started as a child-feeding organization. We then started providing business loans uh, to women to start businesses. But the organization ended up becoming a healthcare organization. 40 years later, it served, you know, maybe uh, three to five million people. They have several healthcare centers. They had the first maternity wards that I had known in any slum, you know, in Africa. Uh, one of the first ambulances uh, in any poverty-stricken area. Uh, some of the first eye doctors and dentists. Um, and so that uh, I, I turned the organization over to the African uh, team nine years after starting it because I figured that it would be better for them to be solving their own problems than having, you know, continuing to listen to, uh, you know, people from another country giving them advice. So basically, um, more than anything else, if you could find somebody, you want to find somebody with the kind of same heartbeat as you have. Uh, you know, that, that wanting to help people and find solutions outside of the box versus just being a social yeah, I worker. Find, you know, I might look for people that are sort of mission resonant uh, that I think, um, you know, where, where we have a, where we have a, you know, where we have a connection, maybe it's, a, you know, a heart connection, but where, you know, where they know how to, um, they know how to do something that, you know, that I don't know how to do, but maybe I can support them along the way. And so one of the things that you mentioned is that you work uh, on an organization called Shifted Institute with your wife. Now, is that separate from Bridge Builders Collaborative or is that part of it or how does that tie together? Uh, it, it's, so Shifted Institute is, you know, is, our, is our business, my wife and mine. Uh, it's all about igniting consciousness, inspiring human potential, creating paradigm shifts. And the, the way that I work uh, is, my work is through Bridge Builders. So, um, so that's what I do uh, for, for Shifted is my work with Bridge Builders as the, you know, as the managing partner of this investment group. Um, but, you know, it, so they're linked in that way. So I have a mission, something that I'm really passionate about to make a difference in the world. Um, and I have a plan. I've shown that I can do it a little bit. Um, what would be my kind of first steps, if you will, to coming to, to Bridge Builders? 
and saying, hey, you know, I'd like to be considered for funding. Yeah, normally, uh, normally we consider that at a time when somebody either has a really, you know, pretty big, significant audience that they've developed or maybe a million dollars in, in annual revenue. Uh, and then, you know, people would approach us or, uh, you know, with a, with a, with a business plan uh, or in a, what, you know, in an investment deck. Uh, and, you know, we'd, I'd, I'd take a look at that and see if I thought it was a fit with what we were looking for. If it was, I'd reach out and have a, you know, first conversation and start a dialogue with the entrepreneur. Um, so that, that's what I'd recommend. What are the biggest things that you see that people who come to you don't have in place that they really should before they start looking for an outside investor? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, say, it, say it again so I may, make sure I answer it. Yeah, so what is the biggest thing that you're finding people don't have in place that they really should uh, in order to really be successful at getting an outside investor or appealing uh, to an outside investor? Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, a lot of times what I find is that just so many people in this field, and I've probably talked to a thousand different companies now, at least you know over the over the last ten years. Just about everybody that I talk to, there's mission resonance, um, just because of the types of investors that we are. What I find sometimes that people haven't thought through are really what is different about that what they're doing versus you know what other people in the field might be doing. Uh, and and then how over a period of time do they sort of protect that so that somebody can't just come in and copy what they're doing? Uh, a lot of times people have not thought through um, the distribution systems that they're selling into. Uh, they might not have the expertise. They think, oh, well, it'll be, you know, it'll be easy to go sell an insurance company. We have this great product and they have no understanding of, of what the process is to do that or how long it is. Um, another thing that, um, you know, that can be a real turnoff for me, I've seen it a few times, is when somebody says, I'm going to launch this product, and in three years or four years, you know, I'll be at $200 million in sales. Um, and um, while I'm not saying that that can't happen, uh, I look at that normally as being unrealistic um, in, you know, in the field that we're in. And so when someone has an approach like that of like, I'm going to be a billion dollar company in, you know, three or four years, I, I just normally pitch, you know, I sort of pitch the deck and, and don't give it any more consideration. I really want somebody who understands, you know, how, how, how challenging um, and rewarding, but how challenging it can be to be the, to build these businesses. And then the world changed on us, right? You know, COVID hit everywhere in the world is a little bit different than it used to be. Have you found that having any positive or negative impact on uh, yourself or the people you're working with? When you say the people, you mean the companies? The companies, yeah. Yeah, so for me personally, um, it's interesting. Um, I, I was living, you know, it's a similar lifestyle before COVID that I am now, except I'm not traveling because you know I've got 15 companies, they're all over the world. I've got nine investment partners, they're all over the United States. And so I spent a lot of time on Zoom before uh, COVID. So it's, it's, not, you know, it's not impacting me personally in my, in my, at least in my work life. It's great because I have two, kid, you know, two of my three kids uh, who live in New York are now living with us because, um, because you know, New York's been shut down. Uh, and then for the companies, in almost every case in our 15 companies, uh, this has been, you know, a positive thing. And the reason for that is that uh, while mental health was getting more attention before COVID, uh, now mental health is going to get a lot more focus. Uh, there are more companies uh, that are looking for mental health solutions, behavioral health solutions. There are more 
that are wanting to find things, you know, that can help them remotely. All of our, you know, all of our solutions are apps or things that people can access remotely. So there's actually been a surge in demand and interest. And while I can point a, you know, there's a couple companies where things maybe have been hard in the short term uh, because of COVID. Really, the the what's happened and what's changed is actually building momentum for the long term. So in our in our space, um, unfortunately uh, or fortunately, uh, this is you know this has really revealed an even deeper mental health crisis. It's you know it's it's on the surface more than it ever was and more people are paying attention to it. So it's actually a, a very good time to be in our field. So for people who want to, you know, go deeper with you, they'd like to maybe look and see if their company is something you would invest in. Do you have openings for new companies right now? Oh, we're, we're always, you know, we're always looking for companies. Um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 it's, you know, it's pretty strict criteria, I'd say. If I've looked at a thousand companies, um, you know, we've invested in 15. And so, um, and so, you know, it's, it's from our perspective, happy to take a look at, you know, at, at, at business plans that are, that fit our criteria, you know, our criteria for, you know, normally that's around the series A. Um, and you know, and we and we we very carefully consider, you know, what businesses we partner with and what entrepreneurs we partner with. For people who would like to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and start the conversation? Um, so my email is charliehartwell at mac .com. I'm also on LinkedIn, just Charlie Hartwell. Uh, those are probably the best two ways to contact me. Perfect. Well, Charlie, I really appreciate you taking some time here on the show with us today. Great, Steve. Good to talk to you. All right. So there's example one of how your creativity, who you are in this world can make a difference for people that are also making the difference that only they can make in the world. Think about that a little bit here while we take our first commercial break here on Thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks so much for being with us on Thriving Entrepreneur today. We are talking about creativity and making an impact with just simply bringing creatively out into the world who you are, taking those gifts that you have and making a difference in the market that you're in. Maybe just by simply taking some things that you've learned, you may be able to revolutionize your whole entire industry. Think about that one a little bit as we jump in here to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Stacy Barenfoss. How are you today, Stacy? I am doing well, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Great. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. 
Yes. So for the past 14 years, I have been in the residential real estate world. And um, in the past two years, recently got into the development new construction world and finished an 11 home custom, custom home um, subdivision. And um, have since added a consulting and training arm um, to the real estate businesses. It's really important to us that everything we do, you know, elevates the game in some way, whatever game we're playing, and that it's better than what we found it. And so um, that's, you know, in summary, what I've been up to. So when you work with the client, um, tell me a little bit what, this is so unfair. I apologize, but what's your favorite kind of client to work with? You know, it's, it's a great question and I appreciate it because what I find is the clients I enjoy the most are the ones that are either open-minded enough that I can be direct, that's my nature with them, and preferably they are very direct and decisive. Um, just because that's you know my personality and a lot of the agents on my team um, they have the same personality that just helps us you know in working with people that know what they want because if they do we can help them make it happen so i come to you and i'm like oh stacy i really really need your help um how does the process work what does it look like yes so I would ask you a series of questions. Essentially, we call it the you know, intake form, whether you know, you're wanting to purchase or wanting to sell your home. And in either case, get to the root of what's driving your desire to achieve these goals and ensure that we're aligned in how we work together as a team. So, you know, educate you on that process, if you're on the sales side, you know, discussing this is how you prep the house. We have a very personal, um, you know, hands-on experience that we offer our clients. And so the more that we can offer that concierge type experience, the better. And so um, more than anything, we operate by the principle that I provide, you decide. And what that means to us is educating you on all of your options, making sure that you know everything that's out there, and then narrowing in from there. Obviously, not wanting to encourage overwhelm by any means, but we find that showing all the options helps our clients make the best decision for their long-term plan. And did you say you're in Idaho, is that correct? I am, yes. What part of Idaho are you in? In the Boise area. Specifically, okay. Eagle is the market that we focus on. So do you work with people outside of that area, have programs for them, or just specifically people in your market? No, we do work with people outside of the market. There's sub-markets in the area as far as residential sales go, but definitely have referral networks state to state so we can support clients moving out of state or in. Perfect. So, I mean, there's so many things that, I don't know, I kind of always think they're scams that I've seen these days. The one that comes to my mind is the radio ad that plays that it's like, if we can't sell your house in the, in the next 30 days, we will buy it from you. You ever heard that one? Yeah. They have that one playing. <laughs> Can you explain to people what the um, downside to that is? Definitely. So in that specific situation, there obviously not knowing exactly their, you know, contract or um, fine print. The, the basic thing you need to know is that they're not looking at your situation in selling your house to capitalize on your bottom line in your best interest. They are going to look at what is fair market value on the low end. And so I definitely advise people to get other opinions if they're going to go down that route because most of the time they're not capitalizing on what the market would really bear if a typical buyer would come forward. And so that's the biggest risk is leaving money on the table. So then how do I know how to be able to find a good realtor? I mean, there's so many out there everywhere from park benches to radio ads. I mean, how do I know how to find a good realtor? 
Yes. I mean, definitely the, the best way is, you know, if there's some other professional that you know, like, and trust that can provide that high-end referral, and I don't mean high-end, like high-end market, but just that referral that you know for sure is going to um, perform for you because of the relationship you have with that referral partner, that's best because you're, you're going through someone that you know, like, and trust. Outside of that, looking at reviews and, um, you know, asking questions of multiple agents. If you go to reviews and, you know, you see that there's maybe top three or four agents that have great reviews, they're consistent, you know, the people are speaking to qualities that are important to you and those qualities are, you know, reviewed consistently. That's a great way to do it. And then feel free to book appointments with those agents and ask questions. And you can tell really quickly, you know, by who's answering, who's following up. And if they're willing to engage with an interview process, if they are, that is a great agent because I know when people call me and, um, you know, give me the third degree, if you will, I appreciate that because that's where I can really shine because other agents will get frustrated or even just not answer the phone. So I appreciate that extra effort. So I'm going to take a little tiny left turn at Albuquerque for you here just for a second, because I have a personal question to ask. Um, and, but it is about real estate. Um, lately, I've been looking at, um, and I may use the phrases wrong here, but manufactured like factory built and then brought to your house type of houses, not mobile homes, but you know, like manufactured type of homes, if I'm using the phrases right. Yeah. Um, what are the goods and bads of that from a realtor standpoint? Whatever you do, just make sure it's on a foundation. That's what I always say, because then you could get a loan and you don't have any problems reselling it. Um, and I mean, get a loan from if you were to ever sell it, that that buyer could get a loan. Um, the other thing to just think about, you know, is, is if you do have a relationship with a realtor, just to vet the manufacturer a little bit of where that's coming from, that would be a suggestion. But I am also seeing that, we call it prefab um, here, you know, those types of homes that are coming in a couple of boxes and we just pour the foundation and obviously any other concrete for the um, driveway that's required, but it can be a really great deal. And um, there's really no downsides from the real estate perspective other than just making sure that it is on that foundation because we do run into issues with manufactured homes or mobile homes, if they are not on foundations, FHA and um, other lending options will not loan on those properties, which just diminishes your market of how many buyers can qualify to purchase your property. Stacy, you have such a happy personality. Um, what's your secret? How do you keep yourself and your staff upbeat and happy? Yes. Well, you know, I have to tell you, it's, it's funny you're asking that today because I just did a switcheroo with, um, I love black tea and I've, I'm reducing that a little bit because I was drinking too much and I feel so great today. And so I'm even happier, which I wasn't expecting because I reduced the caffeine, but my secret is definitely my morning routine. And, um, I, pass that along to my staff and team members of making sure that your cup is full and um, being able to play at a high level because you're doing your workout, your meditation, your you know list of gratitudes, and you're focused on the vision for your life that you want, that those things carry you through thick and thin. And so that's definitely the secret. And life is good. So let's be happy. <laughs> So here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I don't know enough about Idaho's politics, and I'm glad, honestly, um, to know what your state or is it or isn't doing as far as shutdown goes. But um, have you found that it's really impacting the marketplace for you at all? Have things changed? Is it pretty much the same? How, how does that look these days? Yes. So it it definitely has changed, but it has changed for, for the better. It has been increasingly busy. We've sold more homes throughout the pandemic 
than last year at the same time. And, you know, I, I really believe our, our area is on the map for, you know, best places to live for, you know, many reasons. And I think that the pandemic showed people really what that lockdown shutdown looks like. And I think it's inspired people to make the move sooner than maybe what they were expecting just because of that reality. So it's, it's definitely, it's stayed again, increasingly busy. And with the interest rates below 3%, that definitely incentivizes people as well to get in, you know, while things are good. So you've been doing this for a little while now and things are going well. Uh, what is the secret between, I mean, cause you hear so many people talk about, well, in 2008, it was down and in this, it was down and that was, what's the secret to stay consistent regardless of what is or isn't happening economic, you know, in the economy overall for the country? Yeah. So I think that making a plan and sticking to the plan, that was definitely my secret in 2008 to 2012. I you know, I knew how many people I needed to speak to, to build the business I wanted to build and serve the people that I wanted to serve. And so if you can make a plan that ties into that bigger vision that you want for your life and no matter what, run that plan, you know, we're running that same plan, even when things are so busy right now, um, that we ran in 2008 and, it's the way to have a healthy business and no matter what it, it will allow you to perform and um, just support you when things get, get hard and also carries you through no matter what your external environment is doing. You will have to adjust, of course, and adapt how you're doing things. You know, we're using Zoom and virtual tools a lot more than we did before, but at the end of the day, we're not deviating from the plan. That's the bread and butter. So let's give some practical tips to both buyers and sellers. Pretty much the same question, but you're going to need to answer it individually for each of them. So what is the number one first thing a buyer can do to get ready to buy a house? And what is the number one first thing a seller can do to get ready to sell their house? Yes. So the number one thing that a buyer can do to get ready is to contact three lenders and get fully pre-approved with at least one to know what their borrowing power is, what kind of financing they want to pursue because most markets are so competitive that positions you as a buyer to make offers and make bold moves so that you get the house that you want and you're fully prepared to take action. So that would be the the number one thing as a buyer. For a seller, what I would highly suggest is reach out to your agent or, you know, if you're interviewing a couple of agents, um, have and have those agents come by your home and be open to hearing their feedback of what you can do to prepare your home for the market. While keeping in mind that you have a beautiful house, it's nothing personal, but that you only have one chance for a great first impression. And so if you can put on the lens of the buyer that is coming and looking at your house and be open to changing, you know, the decor, the pictures and prepare it so that you have that ability to shine with that one first impression, that would be my number one suggestion as a seller is to take that advice and really, you know, go all in with that because it will increase your odds of selling quickly. So you mentioned the interest rates. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up a little bit before I let you go here. Um, you know, you can get a sub 3% interest loan if you have decent credit. But what about the people who would really love to own a house, but they've never been able to because their credit is just not that great? Is there, is there opportunities for that right now? Or is that kind of a, hey, let's work on your credit for the next year kind of a thing? Yeah. So I think that the thing I always suggest is, you know, you don't know if you can really do something until you try. And so if you have questions about your credit and if it's high enough to pursue a loan, 
call a lender because there are a lot of programs out there for first time home buyers or, you know, programs for folks that don't have credit. I mean, even there's some programs in some markets, I mean, down to 580 credit score that you can, you know, go and get a loan. So, you know, give yourself that opportunity to explore what those options could be. And the lender will tell you if your credit needs to be worked on for a year, what you need to do. And so either way, you're either going to buy a house now, or you're going to get the instruction of what to do to achieve that in six months or whatever the time frame may be. Additionally, when you go and visit with a lender, if your credit is not to the point where you could get a loan, there is a tool that they use that in most markets, it's called a rapid rescore. And the lender can take your credit application and if it isn't your, if your credit is not where it needs to be, they can give you some advice, maybe things to pay off. And then in a shorter amount of time, you can pursue that rapid rescore, which does that rescore if you pay those things off to position you to get a high, you know, that higher credit score to a, get approved for the loan that you want. So it might even be sooner that you could pursue the house. So I suggest pick up the phone and, you know, start looking into that immediately because it's a great time to buy. Well, Stacy, regardless of where people are in the country, everybody wants to move, move to Boise, Idaho, and yes. any of those other kind of places right now, but especially Boise, is a, that's a great suggestion, honestly. Um, for people who want to get in contact with you, how would they contact you? Yes. So you can go to catalystidaho.com, and there you'll find all our information, and that's, just to spell that out, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, Idaho spelled out, dot com. Perfect. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate you spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you for the opportunity, Steve. Have a great day. How could your creativity show up like that? How could it make an impact in the industry that you're in? And what other kinds of things can you do to make the difference that only you can make in this world? Your creativity is going to have an impact on the people that are around you. Let's take another commercial break and we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbesttellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbesttellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbesttellertoday.com. Go to yourbesttellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Let's talk to one more special guest who's going to talk to us about creativity and all the creative that's all around us, the things that we can do and the ways that we can use our natural creativity to make such an amazing difference in this world. Join me in welcoming Ferdaus Kerhas. How are you today, Ferdaus? Good. How are you? I'm Steve. doing great, thanks. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Well, what I do is work in creativity. I've been doing that for the last 25 years. I essentially make media for uh, different kinds of behavior change communications around the world. For example, disease prevention like COVID-19 and Ebola and polio and others. 
I work on human rights issues. I work on all kinds of different uh, international issues around the world. But I'm a self-employed uh, social entrepreneur. So what would your definition of creativity be? My definition of creativity, uh, which is in my book, is a very simple one, actually. Creativity is the ability to think differently by a mental process of original thoughts that leads to the creation of new ideas. So it's a transformational mental process. So what kind of things are being creative and what kind of things aren't? Well, uh, what's being creative is, I mean, there's creativity all around you. Everybody is a creative person, especially when they're young. We all have used creativity. And now with COVID-19, we've had to apply a lot of creativity because everything has had to be rethought. Essentially, uh, everything from, uh, from, you know, the way we conduct our personal lives to our companies and organizations and the way they, they operate. So I think that creativity is, uh, is applicable absolutely everywhere. Uh, creativity is simple. It's having an open mind. It's fun. It's expression. It's curiosity. It's all around you. It's what grabs you. It's being different. It's unusual. It's sometimes adopting wild ideas. And it, it's what makes the impossible possible. And creativity is, is doing, you know, it's not just a mental process. That's the, the actual way you have creativity, but you have to do something with it. Um, you, you, uh, you, you sometimes uh, have to create, you have to use creativity within a context. And creativity can make you a lot of money if you think about all the... Uh, biggest companies in the world, they've all used a lot of creativity. So where do we start? How do we tap into our own inner creativity? Well, that's what I have in my book. I mean, essentially what you have to do is you have to open your mind towards uh, creativity because there's a huge misconception that creativity is limited to what is commonly called the arts meaning drawing, painting, sculpting, writing, composing, designing, photography, and what I do, filmmaking. All of these involve a big dose of creativity, but they're not the only applications. Creativity is not the same as artistry. And if you think about various examples of that, uh, how you open your mind, uh, that is the way we use creativity. Uh, we have to open our mind and say, okay, creativity is not just the arts, which is what most people think about. So um, it's a transformational thought process and it makes you a much broader and more inclusive and open-minded thinker. So you see, you hear, you feel, and you think in a different way than a narrow-minded, non-creative person. You become more self-aware. You will discover yourself and the world from a new perspective if you're a creative thinker. So how does a highly creative person uh, tap into that and reach success without getting pulled off into creative endeavors, whether that be mental or artistic, all the time? Well, there are various exercises uh, that one can do, but essentially it's a mind-opening uh, process. So you have to understand what creativity is. You have to uh, be open towards using creativity. Uh, you have to apply creativity. You have to understand what creativity is not, and I give lots of examples of that. You have to communicate with creativity. You can problem solve with creativity. Uh, and you can use creativity, but you need certain uh, aspects, certain parameters uh, to move forward with uh, creativity. It's never too late in your life to use creativity and you can use creativity in absolutely everything you do, whether it's uh, in your personal life or your professional life. 
So let me give you an example. Uh, think of the most difficult problem you have right now in your life. Uh, I don't know what it is, uh, and I'm not asking you to name it, but just think of what it is. And then you think about various solutions to that problem. Now, you can approach the problem in a fairly narrow way. You can approach that problem saying, okay, I need to solve this problem, and this is the way I'm going to approach it. But creativity, if you're a creative thinker, you would allow yourself many different ways to approach the problem and then to solve the problem. So for example, let me give an example. If you're thinking of, I don't know, you're redesigning a, a, a bicycle. You can redesign a bicycle in many different ways and maybe you just need to redesign the handlebars and that's enough and you don't need to redesign the rest of the bicycle because that's a creative process you went through to create that and that's something new and that's all you need to do. So uh, it, it depends on the problem that you want to do, that you want to uh, apply. Creativity is actually the top skill one needs nowadays in professional life. And there've been lots of studies. If you looked at LinkedIn, for example, they do an annual study every year and they have said that creativity is the most important skill a person needs nowadays to succeed. So what do you think is one of the biggest things that hold people back from allowing themselves to be creative? They have a narrow mind. They haven't opened up themselves to be a creative thinker. They don't think creatively. They, they look at a problem from a very narrow perspective. They don't understand the transformational process of power of creativity. And, and it becomes a very uh, sort of narrow-minded uh, approach to things. Um, I, I mean, there are many, many examples uh, that I use creativity in my own life. And I was never, I never thought of myself as a creative person. Uh, I went to university uh, studying international affairs, and then I, uh, I wrote a couple of books, and I was the head of the... Uh, United Nations Association, then I worked in the Immigration Refugee Board for a while, and then suddenly I decided, okay, I'm going to apply my creativity, and I started a media company, mainly using animation for social change. I actually can't animate to this day, even 25 years later, I can't animate. What I do is apply a process of creativity in all the work that I, that I create, and that has allowed me to reach literally hundreds of millions of people. So if you think of the largest companies in the world, for example, they're all very highly creative. I'm talking to you on an Apple computer. Well, Apple is a good example of uh, the application of one or two people, in that case, two people's ideas. Uh, Apple was founded by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And here it is, the biggest company by market cap in the world, by market capital in the world. It is a highly creative company. It is, it, is, uh, it is focused on design. It is focused on making sure that they reach their uh, public and their audience uh, that they want to reach with the best products that they possibly can come up with. And that is because they apply creativity to absolutely everything they do and they've become the world's biggest company as a result. Perfect. So for a person, um, the book is available on Amazon, of course, but yes. for somebody who would want to go deeper with you, do you have classes that you teach or any of that kind of thing to help people tap into their creativity? Yes, absolutely. So you can go to my website, uh, it's, and it's called chocmoose.com, C-H-O-C-M-O-S-E.com. Uh, which is basically my general website. You can order the book there. By the way, if you order the book there, you get a signed copy of the book. Uh, and you can also order the ebook and the audiobook and so on uh, off my website. Uh, and we are just setting up now a, a free webinar, a free one hour webinar. When I'll, I'll go through various examples of how you create, how you do to use your creativity and to become a more creative thinker. 
Uh, and then we're going to be doing in the fall, starting in the fall, uh, obviously COVID has changed our plans a little bit, but we're going to start with a one-day uh, webinar that people can uh, can join. And there'll be a lot of exercises uh, that we go through to increase your creativity and to, to make you a broader thinker uh, and to use creativity in your everyday life. I look forward to that. So give the listeners a tip that they could take action on right now to be more creative. Let me give an example. We all take photographs, right? So uh, if you're taking a photograph of a person, normally you just put the person in front of you and you might have a background and you might just take the photograph. Well, next time, use the camera very creatively. So take the same photograph that you would normally take, which is perhaps a person just standing there. And next time, apply some creativity. So zoom right into their eyes and just take their eyes. Or give them something silly to hold, like a toilet brush, and let them hold up a toilet brush and take that photograph. So in that way, that's the difference. You see, we all take photographs. We all do it normally. We all just make a person stand there, make them run, make them jump, make them reach for something silly, uh, make them take their clothes off or put their clothes on. I mean, just apply creativity to what you're doing when you uh, next take a photograph and you're going to find that you suddenly have much more fun in life taking photographs and yeah generally uh, creative people when you apply creativity you have much more fun in life that's amazing i appreciate that well Fertis, i really appreciate you um taking some time here on the show today i hope people will go to your website chocmoose com. Uh, get your book or they can get it on Amazon as well. Thanks for spending so much time here with us on the show today. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure. All right. How are you going to make an impact with your creativity? What kind of things that maybe even right now are sparking in your mind that you know you can do to make the difference that you can make in this world. You are so impactful, so powerful, so amazing, so creative. And in just purely, simply being you, you do make a difference in this world. When we allow our creativity to be able to flourish in the world, when we let it out to make the difference that it's intended to make, then we find ourselves in a place where we understand this thing that's in us. Now we're growing. We're going to have throughout the course of all of our life the continued discovery process of our creativity and of the things that we can do to make an impact in this world. But in the meantime, what we can do is simply be creative while it's called today and make the impact that we were meant to make because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. I hope you know that I admire you. I'm so glad to have came to you today on the radio or wherever else you're listening to us. And I hope that you know that your creativity, who you are, makes a difference, and that you are living as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve, 
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.